Face to Face Games proudly presents Grand Prix Toronto, the first Grand Prix featuring the Hour of Devastation limited format, July 21st to 23rd. Come face pro players as they flex their muscles just one week before the Pro Tour. Every Grand Prix entry includes a sleep-in special and registered sealed pool for players with buys. Visit gptoronto2017.facetofacegames.com to register and learn more. ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to facetofacegames.com. Yes, sir. Focus. I'm focused. We, we, we'd be like, we have to be as sharp as the wing on the aerial guide. That's how focused we have to how be. How sharp is that, actually, though? I, it's, it's like two power sharp. I mean, like... This is just Windrake sharp, but it makes something else fly. We can ignore it. <laughs> but it's sharp. Yeah. Like, the, it would cut you. The, fir- the first blue card that I'm pretty interested in from Hour of Devastation is Champion of Wits. Champion of Wits. Yeah. I, I think this card's interesting. Um, is there a lot of chatter about this card being very good? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really listened. So Champion of Wits is 2 and a U for a 2-1 creature. It is a Naga wizard. Yeah. The Naga is like a dude who, his, his bottom part... He's like Snake. Is, He's like a were-snake. Yeah, it's like... He both he won a lottery and lost lottery real bad at the same time. Yeah, um, <laughs> he like he won one loss. Okay, all right. When Champion of Wits enters the battlefield, you may draw cards equal to its power if you do discard two cards. Right, so you just play it. Natural power of two, draw two, discard two. Could be good. But if you have something, you know, that's boosting your creature's power, it could be draw three, discard two. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's say if you have no cards in hand, right? You do this. You are tautologically playing eternalized cards because this card itself has eternalized, right? right? So um, it, it is eternalized for seven, five UU gets a four, four. So when you're eternalizing it, zero cards expended, draw four, discard two, that's pretty powerful. Right. But it is expensive. Right. Uh, I think the most comparable card to Champion of Wits would be Oath of Jace, which is kind of outskirts kind of card, right? It's not super popular, but some people play it. I'm not super hot on this card. Yeah. Its body is not where I want. Like, it's just, for one mana, people are getting, like, three, two first strikes. Like, it's it's yeah, just going to get I'm, run I'm over. Just real, I'm just, I, I guess where I'm really interested in this card is if you have some way to cycle cards, other than cycling, but, like, to get cards into your graveyard or to, you know, uh, loot cards away. What is this, like, hardcover swamp thing, Alan Moore, you have? Uh-huh. Jesus, Focus, this is, Mike. We Focus. can't podcast here. This is everything is distracting. I don't. Have you ever even seen like the big box of action figures and the big box of original artwork? Let's keep it that way. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, Champion Witch is just really interesting to me. If like in some way you can loot it, and then or even or even just trade it like for something. But like that that ability in like a late game to just dig four cards deep with it just seems phenomenal. It's really powerful if you get to the seven, but I mean, I just, I don't know. Getting there seems tough. I I do think it will see some competitive play. I just don't 
I just don't think it's going to be like real super impactful. Right. Um, countervailing winds, two and a U for an instant counter target spell unless its controller pays one for each card in your graveyard. So this is basically a non, a totally sane circular logic. Yeah. So it could be zero. So it could be zero. Yeah. Um, and it has cycling too. And and you get to say your opponent casts a spell and you say, I will counter veiling wins it. So this card is just the same could we just like jump down to the to the not common version? It's like real interesting. What, what, Which one? Supreme Will, I think is the name of it. Oh, okay. So what's really interesting is they have they're printing both countervailing wins and supreme will. Supreme will is also tuning you for an right. instant. This was the uncommon version. Countervailing was the common version. And Supreme Will has choose one. Right. Counter targets about unless this controller pays three. Or look at the top four cards of your library, put one of them into your hand and the rest in the bottom of your library in any order. So it's mana leak and impulse. Mana leak or impulse, yeah, I should yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. But one more mana than you. Yeah. Okay. I think that Supreme Will is um, gonna see play as much as four ofs in decks. I don't think it's super super common to four ofs, but there's already a lot of blue decks that play five or more three casting cost hard counters. Right. So I think it'll take some of that share, but I think it'll be as many as four because I mean, not that people are like knocking out the door to play anticipate. Anticipate is superior to the to the second half of this, but the flexibility is something, especially if you can like. Maybe impulse into anticipates better the, the the ability of anticipates better than look at four and put one in your hand for two versus well three. sure 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 but yeah not, but not but I mean it's like a, a realistic thing you might do is like supreme will dig four get a torrential gear hulk play the torrential gear hulk flashback the supreme will to counter something like that's right. a, probably going to be a predictable play sequence. Um, the thing I'd say here is. This card is in direct competition with countervailing winds, but I don't think that Supreme Will is like strictly better than countervailing countervailing winds. Like countervailing winds cycle ability, for example, is cheaper than Supreme Will's impulse ability. Right. right? Uh Supreme Will's mana leak ability is sometimes better and most of the time much worse than countervailing winds um circular logic ability. Right. right. So there it but I think that people perceive Supreme Will to be a higher cachet card, right? Well, I mean, this, this, there's more to do with this card. They're the same. They literally are like a soft counter and a card. Kind of oh, one I see one card manipulation. Sure, sure, sure. These are these are like I really, yeah, really yeah. close to the same card, right? So, I think they're in competition with each other. I think we'll see some play of each of these two cards. I do think Supreme will be more popular because it's more consistent on the counter side spell side. Sure. And I mean again you do get to do the play pattern you were talking about, yeah. which is to go find your torrential gear hulk. Uh and then to be able to bring back yeah, the I mean, impulse is so much more powerful than cycling. Right, yeah. For one. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I think that cycling it costs one less mana. I, I, I think that it's not that's not trivial. I, I think like what did you think? Do you think that countervailing wins would, would see a lot of play? No, no. I mean, like, I mean, how how many times did you cast circular logic for three mana in your life? Often, often, like maybe thirty percent of the time. Yeah. Uh, the thing, I but, t- but the problem but is, that's not why you had it. And, 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 and right, exactly. And 
It was in a format where you were able to get a lot of cards into your graveyard on the early turns of the game. The thing is, on turn three, what, how many? What, what's the best you can do with this? Force spike? Like you, you cracked an evolving wilds on turn two. Yeah. You cycle the land on. So maybe it's maybe it's it's for two on turn three. But I think that which is good enough. There'll be some number of this and some number of supreme wills. It's not going to be just zero of this and all supreme wills. The other thing that I think is really interesting to think about is that this card, supreme will. And sensor. I mean, this card are actually all the same. This this card's much better to hit with your torrential gear Hulk, probably than, later. Yeah, than, than the supreme. But Will. you know what I'm saying? It's also very similar to sensor, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's you. Uh, so so do you think countervailing winds will find a spot? I think it will be relatively unpopular, but that it will see play. Okay. Uh, cunning survivor. It's a one three for two. That whenever you cycle a discard, it gets plus one, plus zero until end of turn and can't be blocked. Eh. Eh. Um, now that we've said that, it's probably going to be like the key combo I mean, it's piece. Pretty, I mean, it's a sweet card. I, I'm not super excited about it. Eternal of Harsh Truths uh, is kind of an interesting card. Blue uh, Zombie. Blue Zombie Cleric. But it also harkens back to um, our friend John Finkel's favorite card from us era. It, it's very Ophidian-like. But he's he's got like bolus neck protrusions yeah yes he does but uh he's a one three with a flick two which is the one big mechanic from this set so whenever this creature becomes blocked defending player loses two life but if he doesn't get blocked whenever eternal of harsh truths attacks and isn't blocked draw a card it seems like superior to a it is a superior to a because you had to choose to not deal damage with a to draw a card yeah but this also yeah it does a damage if it hits and it does even more damage if it doesn't hit yeah and you're drawing cards and stuff i yeah. think this card is probably not gonna say, it's better is this card just better than scroll thief uh, it's a little better than Scroll Thief. It's, it's it's you know there's some cost to blocking it, right? I mean, Scroll like, Thief. You can't put your Sylvan Carry at it in front of this Scroll Thief without any kind of produce literally zero constructed impact. But. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I kind of like this card. Yeah, I, I, I so I like the idea of this card. I don't. I don't. Four think in it's... all my decks. All right. Zero in all my decks. Countervailing wins it for one. You don't have to tell me twice. Uh, Fraying Sanity is another curse. At the beginning of each end step, Enchanted Player puts the top X cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard, where X is the number of cards put into that graveyard from anywhere. This turn, to an EU. Not really mm, very interesting. Not uh, Hour of Eternity is a blue X spell. They haven't had a great track record so far in this block. Even the even the new stroke of genius we haven't seen pull from eternity pull from seen Etern- some play seen some play but it hasn't been like the you know all star that we've seen other cards like that be uh, this one x x u u u exile x target creature cards from your graveyard for each card exile that way create a token that's a copy of that card except it's a four four black zombie so you got to spend five mana and exile a card from your yard. To get one zombie, and you got to spend seven mana to gain two zombies. But at least you can play it as an instant. Oh wait! No, you can't. No, you can't. It's a sorcery. 
I don't like this card. No, it's not very good. The other hours are so good. Yeah, this, this is one's not, not. This is not very good. Imaginary threats. That's what Hour of Eternity is. Two you you for an instant. Target creature. Tar- creatures target opponent controls. Attack this turn if able. During that player's next untap step, creatures he or she controls don't untap. So it's kind of like an exhaustion for creatures that provokes them. And has cycling too. But it has cycling too. Constructed unplayable. Yeah. Um, Jace's defeat. On the other hand. So this is gainsay with upside. Not a lot of upside. Well, some. You, don't, you don't think this will ever counter a Jace? Yeah, like 1% of the time. So Jace's defeat won you for an instant counter target blue spell. Which is just gainsay. Yeah. Uh, and then it has this like little flavorful uh, additional sentence. If it was a Jace Planeswalker spell, scry two. I mean, obviously this card is great. It's going to be played uh, as many as four ofs and sideboards. I would be. Surprised. I mean, I would. I would not be surprised if this was one of the most highly played cards at the Pro Tour. I would be surprised if we didn't see some number of like main deck singletons of this card. Actually, wow. I think it's really good. I mean, um, yes. Small note, you can counter Nickel Bolas with it, for example. For example. Not not an unreasonable thing to do. But you don't get to scry two for that, because he's not Jace. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so you, you think going to be one of the, the big constructed impact cards here, just even though it's... I think basically all of the defeats are great. Maybe not okay. this is defeat. Right. But the, all, the other four are all great. Okay. Um... Kefnet's last word to you, you for a sorcery. Gain control of target artifact, creature, or enchantment. Womp womp. Lands you control, don't untap during your next untap step. So it's control magic with a horrible downside. But right. it can also be steel artifact. Uh, or, or steel, steel enchantment. Steel enchantment. Yeah. Right. So this is a powerful and flexible card. We haven't seen this effect at this casting cost in 15 years. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, I actually think... Couldn't be a lousy annex? We can't take a land? We can't take a planeswalker? I don't know. Like, I think that they probably limited it because it was too good. Right. My my guess also is, I mean, you just... Like, you're you're like a kid going to F&M, you've got your deck, you've got your one planeswalker, you play it, your opponent's like, hey, kid, last word. last word, give me your Jace, I'm playing with it. Which is just a stinky feeling. Yeah, well... I think this card's probably pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. It's powerful. Now, you don't like the... You don't... Well, I guess it has more impact than the game life one, though. Well, Kevin's last word? Yeah, yeah, I'm saying... I'm yeah, saying you could the, take an Ulamog with this. Oh, well, that's true. Like, right? It scales with the power of the opponent's cards. But its cost doesn't scale. Right. right there's a lot of things that you pay extra for because they're indestructible. Right. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. This is like super flexible too, right? Like, imagine we lived in a world where there were still uh, marvels. You could take a marvel, or you could take a creature, you know, or you can take, I don't know. I mean, we're 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 in a world where confiscation coup exists and gets played. Imagine so, you're so like I mean, you know, you don't have the energy upside, but imagine you're Conley energy. Woods and you're missing your black and your red mana. You could take somebody's oath of Nissa. Imagine you're Adrian Sullivan, though. And you can't take your opponent's land. None of your hypothetical interests me. Zero <laughs> percent do I find to be an engaging mental exercise. Let us move on. All right, well, this is a card I'm really excited about. Nimble Obstructionist. To you, 
two and a U for a three one flash flyer. So it's like the stats are really good. It's Vendelian click. Yeah, basically a click. Um, but it also has cycling to you. And then when you cycle nimble obstructionist counter target activated or triggered ability you don't control. So it's like a cantrip counterspell for abilities, yeah. right? So somebody can So imagine, for example, um Aetherworks Marvel was still a card you could be playing. Well, in this well let's just name cards people might do, right? That actually exist. Like, I don't know, an evolving wilds. Sure. A clue. Yeah. Um, they could activate a vehicle. Right. They could... Equip something. They could do that. All kinds of stuff like yeah. that. I mean, if they have, like, a, a seal of doom, like, something like yeah, that. Yeah, this, this card's super sweet. So it's a cantrip whole... counterspell whose plan oh, A for is... For example, if they decide to sacrifice a desert to exile all the cards in your graveyard, from all graveyards, what you if they counter that. What if they were just sacrificing a desert to deal to, or perhaps giant growth their guy? I thought you said it wasn't counterable to dealing to. <laughs> it is counterable. <laughs> I hadn't thought about nimble obstructionist, <laughs> and neither will your opponents. You will have the edge. This card, I think this card's really good. I, I, do you think it'll see play, though? Do you think people are going to... I mean, really good means it sees play, right? <laughs> like... I mean, I think this card is really good in the... Like, I, I can think... I play a lot of wider formats than you play by. I think this card could see play. Yeah. I think this card if 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 Aetherworks Marvel were a thing, I think this would have a greater chance of seeing play. Right. Not just because the ability to counter Marvel activations is is desirable, but because the ability to create a flash flyer as a clock without exposing yourself on a on Defense is very desirable. Right. So. You could also you could also counter, for example, those energy decks go to Dynavolt towers. Yeah. Or you know someone who needs to make a emergency blocker with their um, Whirl of Virtuoso. You could yeah, counter like a Hydra activation, all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah, card sweet. Uh, <clears throat> curious if it can combine home. Do you, do you just put it in like the blue white flash flyers deck? You could. I mean, I think it could be a control card. I, I think like a lot of cards that have actually, it's insane in the control deck because then you're just like, oh, no, no threats. Yeah, flyer three. I mean, now they have to deal with your thing and like all their, you know, harness lightnings are in their sideboard. Yeah, like, ah, yeah harness lightnings. Yeah, that's interesting. Ominous Sphinx. So this is a th three UU, four four flyer. Uh, whenever you cycle or discard a card, target creature an opponent controls gets minus two minus zero until end of turn. Not very exciting. It's pretty cool. Probably won't see play. Pretty. I mean, people are barely playing Archfiend of Ifnir, and that card has cycling, is a five four, <laughs> and puts a minus one minus one counter on. Everything your opponent controls like every said, time you cycle. I don't think this is likely to see play. Yeah. Uh, proven Combatant. So this is an eternalized card that starts at you for a 1-1. One, one, a walking man. Uh, and it has eternalized for you. you. How do they name this card Proven Combatant? How about like card you probably won't play unproven unproven combatant would have been a much better name unproven tiny creature unproven combatant would have been a much better name i'll be honest yeah. um riddle form is a card i really like the idea of i don't think is uh, super 
exciting. I always like the Halcyon Glaze. I always like the Opals, um, you know, enchantment. So this is an enchantment for one U. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may have Riddle Form become a 3-3 Sphinx creature with flying, in addition to its other types until end of turn. And then it also has 2U Scry 1. Yeah, I don't think it's likely to see play. Yeah. It's, it's like cool, the, though. It's the worst compulsion ever. <laughs> it's a really bad compulsion. <laughs> Um, sweet card, not, not, not great. Um, Seer of the Last Tomorrow. To you for a 1-4. I'm gonna keep just moving on here. Uh, uh, Sinuous Striker. This is a 2-U, 2-2 Naga Warrior. Uh, it has water breathing, so Sinuous Striker gets plus 1, minus 1 until end of turn for a U. And then it has Eternalize 5, 3-U-U, discard a card. So as a 4-4, that ability is much more interesting. Yeah, but you have to discard a card, right? It's not yeah. freebie. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, discarding cards is not necessarily a drawback. Yeah, but it's a cost. Yeah. Like, you can't do it if you don't have a card, yeah, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah, uh, Spellweaver Eternal is a 2-1 for 2, 1 in a U. It has Prowess, and it has Afflict 2. Moving on. So we, we talked about Supreme Will already, but... It's like, I feel like Wizards is putting, like, cards that we've seen before and just adding... Look, this whole row is all great cards, right? Uh, just adding a, a cost onto things. So, strategic planning. Um, 1U. Look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest onto your graveyard. This card's sweet. I think it's really powerful. Like, there's certainly a time where this card would have cost you, right? Well... This is a pre-reprinted card. Is it? Yeah, it's from Portal 3 Kingdoms. Ah. So, uh, I think this card's really good. I think it might help push the Splendid Reclamation strategy over the top. Oh, nice. Right? Like this I'm is, excited about that. Yeah, it could potentially do that. It's good with other graveyard interaction type stuff. Um, because it's a sorcery, it's unlikely to just see play on merit, right? Right. Like, like you wouldn't play this instead of, like, the... A lot of the other options you'd have, like, uh, in, in, in that sorcery, for example, the... The think twice, what's it called? Take inventory. Yeah. I think take inventory is probably superior to this if you're just playing it as a they play you know. well together. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but you can only have so many of those things at sorcery. Yeah, yeah. Like it's one thing to load up on on um But if you're but if you're sitting you know, we talked about like the idea that if you're sitting on your uh, countervailing wins on turn three, this is a great card to set that up. You know, in terms of uh you know, putting two cards into your yard, putting three cards into your yard, including itself. Yep. You know, it turns that into a pretty hard counter in the early turns of the game. And also, you know, this this is also just a sweet card for helping you set up your uh, Torrential Gear Hall. I think it depends on your color combination, though. Because if you're going to invest in a sorcery and you're blue-red, there's a question about whether you'd play this versus Tormenting Voice versus Cathartic Reunion. Both those cards can actually fix your hand. This can't. This puts random cards on top of your library. Yeah. Right, I mean, not completely random, but like semi-random cards on top of your library versus fixing your hand. So I, I do think it's a playable card. I do think it's actually powerful and exciting, but um, it, it's it's got some rust. On the other hand... Why, why does this card look like Jace and Gideon are gonna getting ready to go up for a tip ball? Like Nicol Bolas, the ref, is walking up and he's going to... They're having a planning session. It looks like they're going up for a tip... Like, this is just tip... like what Ty Lue and LeBron look like. <laughs> like. Hey, let's run this play. Shut up! 
ISO. So you like, uh, you said all three cards on this row. You like Striped Riverwinder a lot? Striped Riverwinder is... It's, quite, it's my favorite art in the set. It's quietly going to be one of the best cards in the set. It's my favorite art in the set. So Because it, just to have a... It looks like it's animation style art. Yeah. It doesn't have actually have a black line around it. It's like weird. It's like the shading of the of the card gives it that illusion. But anyway. So I think this is quietly going to be one of the best cards in the set. This is actually one of Patrick Chapin's ideas. Um, if you think about like uh, what's the baseline structure of how you would make a uh, Nickel Bolas deck, right? If you're going to make a Nickel Bolas Dark Intimations deck. You're going to want to have cheap search cards to get to your Nickel Bolas and or your Dark Intimations, right? To set up. But, you know, you have your choice. You could play cards like Anticipate. You could play cards like Strategic Planning, which actually can dig. Or Striped Riverwinder, which is an opt. It's an opt that is a creature yeah. that goes into your graveyard. It's actually highly synergistic with Dark animations. So dark animations returns creatures to your hand. Right. So you actually want to have cards like this or like cycling sphinxes or whatever, because whether or not you ever cast them is irrelevant. You want your you want to have low cost associated with your ability to manipulate your library. It's opting for you, and it's a creature, it's synergistic with dark animations. The other thing is late in the game. You actually want to play this card, right? When you have an abundant amount of mana. Because a 5-5 five, five Hexproof is very difficult to deal with. Yeah. Versus like, you're like, oh, no, a 4-4 four, four Sphinx for 4 is way better than this. Is it? It's not better when you have 40 mana, right? Like, um, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought that the Sphinx is pretty, the one that's like the Water Spout Chin. I thought that would be pretty good. But like, Striped River Winder actually does what you want to do in a deck that's creature poor. Right. So I think it's very quietly going to be one of the best cards in the set. What's the new... Uh, no, that's not the right one. What's the new Liliana called? Death's Majesty. So that, I mean, that's kind of a an interesting combination with this. Because, you know, you can also... Minus three Liliana on turn five to put a hexproof creature right into play. Yeah. Like a five five hexproof is is like don't ask yourself if you want to spend seven mana on it, right? Because either you're gonna use Death's Majesty to get it for free, or you're casting it at a time in the game strategically, right? That it's right. irrelevant to you, right? Ask yourself if you'd rather have a five five hexproof or some other kind of right. um threat. But I mean, like, Liliana's Death Majesty is pretty sweet with that. She just, like, kind of preloads the gun, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, and there's a, there's other cards you could, that creatures that have cycling, but, like, actually cycling and getting a hexproof guy is pretty good. Like, a pretty big hexproof yeah. guy, right? Yeah, like yeah, that's, yeah. Like, it's, uh, I think that that's, it's all good, especially when you're playing cards like Dark Animations. I, I The only thing I, I'm wondering about is, how much room do you have for fives like Liliana's S Majesty if you're playing with four dark animations? It's quite a lot of fives. I mean, and maybe and maybe that it's just two different directions too, right? Yeah. Like you might maybe maybe there's some deck that maybe, just... maybe I'm overrating uh dark, dark animations, animations, which is possible. But if you're not going to play dark animations, you lose a lot of the incentive to have your manipulation be cycling creatures. Sure. All right. 
And then uh, the the last card on that row that we talked about was Supreme Will. Sorry, we've already, we've already talked about. And so you you think Supreme Will wins the battle between countervailing wins? I do think it will be played in greater numbers. I think both will be played. Right. Like I mean, I I could see like three two four one. And then what hap- what happens to the cancels of the format? Um, I think that the cancels will be played in lower proportion than they have before. So okay. like I don't think they're going to go to zero. I think it's more likely they just go to two or something like that. Cause, okay. Because there's a ton of different kind of counterspells you can play in standard now, but there's not a ton of different kind of utterly flexible hard counters. So there's some desire to play like a disallow or right. a shatter, maybe a scatter, um, but not not as much because I think Supremo will take some of those slots. Okay. Uh, Swarm Intelligence, 6U for an enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you may copy that spell. You may choose new targets for that copy. So this is basically the fixed hive mind, right? Like where instead hive mind was like... Whenever whenever, whenever, any, whenever you play a spell, everyone played a spell. Yeah. This is like, you play the spell. So this is just like the version of Hive Mind that nobody wants to play. <laughs> like, this card's obviously going to be an EDH uh, what is EDH? Commander. Oh, commander format. EDH is what we used to call it. Um, Canadian Highlander? No, Canadian Highlander's different. That's a completely different format. We are a Canadian podcast. Yeah, I like Canadian Highlander. I have a Canadian Highlander deck. I'm not surprised. Man, you said that with such judgment. Um, yeah, not a, not a card that you think uh, anyone's gonna play. I, I have a hard time seeing it outside of hundred card decks. Tragic lesson to you for an instant. Draw two cards, then discard a card unless you return a land you control to its owner's hand. What a weird card! Is this card a reprint? I don't know. I don't think so. It feels. It feels like I. I feel like we've seen this card before, but I might be confusing it with. I feel like it was from uh, Zendikar Block. I don't know this card. Let's see. What are you using? Some sort of sorcery? Yeah. Uh... I don't know. All right, I'm not seeing anything easily, so I'm not going to go look at it. But this guy, I mean, seems kind of sweet, right? Like, sometimes you just want to get another... You know, we've all Maloku'd into another land drop, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes you have I mean, a major link. When you say we all have, are you talking about me and you, the people yeah, in this room? We all. Because certainly every, the people listening to this podcast. Everybody have in this not room. Mike, <gasps> why didn't you tell me that Fast Bond was great? Like, I've how played, would I have known that Fast Bond I, was great? I've played with Fast Bond before, but like, I've never really played with Fast Bond. And it's been in the, I've been doing it in the Vintage Cube. Oh my God, that card is insane. Like, when you gush Fast Bond, do you know how good that is? Like, tap two, return two, draw two, play my lands again. Oh, yeah, one of those was a breeding pool, cast regrowth, get back gush, gush again. Yeah, yeah, you lose a little life, but, man, you dig deep. And you don't lose any position, right? You gain position. You're, you're, you're playing, you get to play your lands back out, all your lands back out. You can play as many lands as you want. It's crazy. Card's insane. I, I, I did go... 03 with it in it but <laughs> in a deck today but literally could have won every match if i'd had one more minute of clock in the immortal words of kurt vonnegut don't truth me unk 
Um, anyway, the tragic lesson here is that I need more time to play with Fast Bond Unesh on Magic Online. Cry- Cryo Sphinx Sovereign? Unesh Cryo Sphinx Sovereign. So 6UU for a 4-4 legendary creature, Sphinx. Flying. Sphinx spells you cast cost two less to cast. Where were you when I cast this, buddy? Come on. Uh, whenever Unesh, Cryo Sphinx Sovereign, or another Sphinx enters the battlefield under your control, reveal the top four cards of your library, and a opponent, an opponent separates those cards into two piles, and then you put one pile in your hand and the other in your graveyard. So he's like Factor Fiction Sphinx that like later like, in the game is like Cheapy Sphinx? He, well, he's never Cheapy Sphinx. He makes other people Cheapy. He makes other Sphinxes cheap. In some sort of Sphinx Tribal Commander deck. Yeah, he's garbage. I mean, he, he replaces himself at six with two cards, probably. Yeah, but he's like Basura. He's like what? Basura. What's Basura? That's just garbage. Okay. He's, um, he's a 4-4 four, four for six. You can't cast this. No. Um, unquenchable Thirst. This is uh, when Unquenchable Thirst enters the battlefield. If you control a desert or there is a desert card in your graveyard, tap Enchanted Creature. It's an Enchant Creature. Enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. Sweet limited card. Seems alright. Yeah. Also, sweet limited card, unsummon. The classic. Was someone doing like a Drew Tucker? Like, this is, is this the most Drew Tuckery looking thing we've seen in yeah, a long Drew time? Drew Tucker would not have made a recognizable snake. Shut it would, up. It would have just you been shut like, up about Drew Tucker. It would have just been a blob of I blue. I said Drew Tucker-ish. People would be like, there's a fish underneath that boat. Drew Tucker-ish. Like, why are there just two bodies there? I like this artwork. Yes. I actually like the artwork in this set a reasonable amount, except for Vizier of the Anointed. <laughs> Which is three years. Wizard of the Anointed. Uh, th- th- four mana for a 2-4. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a creature card with Eternalizer and Balm. Put that card into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. Whenever you activate an Eternalize or Embalm ability, draw a card. Man, this, this card's kind of sweet. Be... So good against no removal. Oh yeah! Like she's gonna, gonna be like, oh my gosh, a two four. Would you like to rumble with my five five? No, I would not. <laughs> well, eventually, no, no, you won't. <laughs> Unsummon your five five. <gasps> what? Or maybe like block your five five. Unsummon my vizier. Yeah. Um. Whenever you activate an eternalize or a bomb ability, draw a card. That card. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's gonna destroy no removal. But you think uh, all other removal slash based people will it's a, laugh it's a at it? Two four for four that requires you to have like no way, man. Come on, not constructed. But it, I mean, it is. It's in tomb. It's not in tomb. It's if like does I'm gonna say verdant force have eternal <laughs> or grizzle brand? <laughs> it's not in tomb. Fine. All right, so we're going to move on to the gold cards from this set. Okay. Let's do gold. Gold. Okay, so... Multicolored. Multicolored. Bloodwater Entity. Entity. One U-R for an elemental flying creature. Two-two with prowess. When Bloodwater Entity enters the battlefield, you may put target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard on top of your library. That's a lot of stuff going on. It's a two-two flyer for three with prowess. And has some kind of manipulation attached. It's really cool. But that manipulation is sort of... Eh, it's alright. 
potentially stunting your development. Well, no, but it has prowess. Like, what if you put, like, a card draw spell on it? Right. Right? It wouldn't, and it would actually make it bigger, too. Like, unfortunately, this is not going to be a playable card, but okay. it's it's cool. It's um, probably a monster in limited. So we, we it seems, I mean, card seems fine in limited, certainly. Uh, a card that we, we joke about, Conley Woods, and what, you know, what would Conley Woods play for $100? You know, the Locust God is a card he is very excited to play in Modern. He talked about that on Twitter today. Yeah. Four UR, which seems like a lot to ask for a Modern format. Yeah. Uh, legendary creature God, flying. Whenever you draw a card, create a 1-1 one, one blue and red insect creature token with flying and haste. Then it has an ability. Two UR, draw a card, then discard a card, which also, by the way creates to trigger a, a, yeah. a triggers a token and potentially do other stuff like you have graveyard synergies yeah. discard synergies eternalize and then embalm and then when the locust god dies you return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step uh this card is really great i think it's very niv mizzity i think like sure. similar size to look if you just compare this to that cryo sphinx they're both four <laughs> four four creatures for six in blue right this one is next to indestructible. It doesn't generate a factor fiction when it comes into play. It doesn't require you to play a bunch of sphinxes in order to gain additional abilities. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, if you... Uh, like, the Cry Sphinx, if you untap with it, you have a 4-4 flyer. Right. Okay, that's basically the thing. You untap with the Locust God, it's on. It yeah. is on, you know? Like, you could just do something like draw three or four cards on your turn with just regular card drawing spells or, like, you have a bunch of one casting called cyclers. It's it's on. Yeah, and again, you could play this uh, on a turn and then cast Gitaxian Probe, cycle Street Wraith. Yeah, so that's that's a great point. If you if you have like free cycling cards uh, when you play this card, it it could be more than a four four for six. It could be like a five five or a six six for six across multiple bodies. So you're 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 liking this card, Nickel Bolas God Pharaoh. Uh, it's one of the best cards in the set. Uh, it, I, if they hadn't banned Aetherworks Marvel, it would have been such a disaster because Nickel Bolas God Pharaoh is castable, right? So it the problem with Marvel is is like the variance. Like sometimes you just get stuck with a bunch of Ulamogs in your hand. What if your Ulamogs were all castable? You're looking at me incredulously. No, I I agree. I mean. As someone who has cast a lot of Ulamogs, yeah. this seems like a, you know, a Savannah Lion to All right, me. so this card costs 4UBR, so it's the cost of a Cruel Ultimatum, for a 7 loyalty planeswalker. 7 cost, 7 loyalty. Yeah. It has a lot of abilities, and as we know from history, planeswalkers, the more abilities they have, the more likely they are to be banned. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, the first one is plus two target opponent exiles cards from the top of his or her library until he reveals uh, or exiles a non-land card until the end of your turn you may cast that card without paying its mana cost so you could actually just get their Ulamog yeah this card's absurd right it's like right there no other abilities this card's pretty yeah like that's that's a and that's plus two right yeah so the thing is if you're playing against Mardu yeah you're probably gonna get a one one okay But if you're playing against green but black, you might get an unlicensed. But you also don't have to get a permanent. You could also get an unlicensed disintegration. Sure. Uh, so, but that's that's a really great way to level this guy up. Yeah, you could also get their Gideon. Yeah, it's not fun. 
Not for them. So we can actually get their Planeswalkers. Exciting. So you have a plus one. Each opponent exiles two cards from his or her hand. So two cards? Yeah, this is eight loyalty. strictly better than Karn, right? Like in that Yeah, sense. it's dumb. Right? And then minus four. This is the other thing that's dumb about it because of the synergies that are available. Nickel Bolas, God Pharaoh, deals seven damage to target opponent or creature and opponent controls. If or you, Planeswalker, that person yeah. controls, which is... But just Implied for there. sake of argument, if you have one dark animations, which would start Nicol Bolas on eight loyalty instead of seven, yeah, it's just seven mana, fourteen damage, right? Right, like that's very powerful, right? And and it also, um, if it starts on eight, you're two turns away from ultimating, yeah, three turns away from ultimating. Well, I mean, I no, just no, have... you ultimate at that turn. I mean, you you plus it that turn, so it goes to ten. You all you you plus it the next turn, it goes to, to twelve, and then you know the third turn after it came into play, you ultimate it and you exile each non-land permanent your opponent's control. Yeah, I think that that's less of an ultimate than just doing support yeah. to somebody. Like if you if you could do the minus twelve, uh, theoretically you could have done minus twenty one, uh, right? Like oh sure, like they're dead, right? They, yeah, so yeah. one of them is dead, one of them is cute. Uh, so, but this card is extraordinarily powerful. The thing is that it's going to be played, I think, with dark animations. It's going to be played in color combination of red, black, and blue. There's so much, so much point removal, and now with um, the red hour cards, so much great sweeping that's available. This is, this is going to be the new Cadillac of non Mardu decks, I think, in standard. I'm dialing John Becker. Just seeing if he's there. We'll see if he's there. I don't know. Because we're going to talk about Obelisk Spider. He's probably not there. It's a little late. Damn it. Alright. Alright, well we'll have to evaluate Obelisk all, Spider. A, I think it's the best looking spider we've ever seen. It's pretty great. The, I, like I said, I think the art on this set has been tremendous. It's a, it's a, it's a one BG for a one four spider with reach. Yeah. Whenever Obelisk Spider deals combat damage to a creature, put a minus one, minus one counter on that creature. So, if you're not killing it in combat, don't just run it in there. Yeah, it, it's got like kind of fung some fungusaur action. Yeah, and then whenever you put one or more minus one, minus one counters on a creature, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Yeah, that's, a, that's weird, right? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be from the spider, right? So if you had... Other effects that were putting minus one minus one counters, you would just gain life. Right, and there and there are you know, in green black there are a bunch of cards, from the path from from Kaladesh, like Hapatra, that do a lot of weird minus one minus one counter stuff. Be curious to see if that just unlocks some new uh, some new way to play. Uh, do you do you think this card is has any kind of window for constructed? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean. What the hell does the blue-white flash deck do? Alright, it has a window for construction. <laughs> you got me. It's great against two ones. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, cards like this have seen play before, right? Yeah, I think it could be a cyborg card. Okay. I mean, if there's a blue-white flash deck. Right. Like, I mean, this card is unimpressive against black-green. So, it's just gonna bite it to a lot of the other decks, too. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe not a main deck. Alright, Resolute Survivors. So, it's a 3-3 three, three 
for three mana, Mike. So get Very gnarled mass. Very gnarled. One RW for a human warrior. You may exert resolute survivors as it attacks. Whenever you exert a creature, resolute survivors deals one damage to each opponent and you gain one life. So again, you don't have to be exerting this creature. So you could play this. You could have a couple of exert guys I mean, in play. They are really trying to tell you to play a dedicated exert deck. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm jury out on this, but I think it, it, in the right shell, it could be... Anyway, I mean, even small increments of ping slash life gain that we've seen from various kinds of ghost councils, etc., have been relevant in the past. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you can just get, like, an early onslaught, like, if you can really come out of the gates quickly, and you have a couple different guys that, you know, creatures that have Exert. this ability, like, you just play this, and you're like, oh, by the way... Take three, I gain three. That's Take powerful, four. Yeah. You know that that's a bit. You know you get some big swings. Um, do you think do you think this is a card that you know sees play in some of the red white human decks? I mean, I think this, if there's, I think there might be a dedicated deck for it. I mean, this you know you're you're looking for enough good exert creatures to put the always watching deck over the top. I mean, it's expensive though, and it's competing with always watching. And yeah, I, I'm not willing to say no. I think that I think that there's. There's some chance here. I, it's obviously not on the short list, right? Right. But at some point, you 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 can trade speed for power and get end up ahead. Okay. Uh here's a card that Marshall Sutcliffe has already on Facebook on Twitter declared his undying love for. Uh, I asked people what their favorite card was in Hour of Devastation and what format they were looking forward to playing it in, and Marshall Sutcliffe said the River Hoopoo uh, is the card he's most looking forward to playing. And that I could figure out what format he meant. All the formats. Limited. Uh, green, blue for a 1-3 flyer. And then, you know, whatever. But then it has this ability, 3-G-U, you gain two life and draw a card. I have qualified for the Pro Tour in the last two years with worse cards than this <laughs> in Constructed. Right? Like, Omen Speaker just is a 1-3. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you know, we talked about this idea that Obelisk Spider might be somehow uh, a sideboard card. Like, I mean, this also just kind of jams up those blue-white. Yeah. It also jams Two up a blue-white deck. Uh, and then if the game goes long at all, I mean, this is... This I think this card's is probably an absurd sideboard. If there's real control decks, how could you lose if you landed this on turn two? And they let it... Oh, they the let, control mirror? Let you untap with it? It's already over. Like, you have, like, a Dispel in your hand or something. A GG! Uh, I'm excited to do that now. Yeah, I think it's really good. So, like, just bad control? Yeah, just sideboard it. Okay. Can't lose. Like, like when it... You cannot... <laughs> like, what are they gonna do? Like, they, they might have left in, like, expensive sweep... Or, like, even if they're casting it out or something, it's not right. that bad. Right, Um, Samet the Tested. So, this is one of the pl other Planeswalkers in the set. 2RG. For Planeswalker Samet, to four loyalty. Uh, plus one, up to one target creature gains double strike until end of turn. Not a super exciting plus one ability, uh, in the sense that it doesn't protect your Planeswalker. But the minus two ability, Samet the Tested deals two damage divided as you choose among one or two target creatures and or players. Could protect it, I mean, but not against big creatures. Right. And then it has a minus seven search a library up to, for up to one, up to two creature and or planeswalker cards. Put them onto the battlefield and then shuffle your library. That's 
a big game. Yeah, but I mean, like, we have an expectation that Planeswalkers are going to win the game or get you close to winning the game when sure. they ultimate. I think this card is very uninspired. It's not that good. Okay. I think previous versions of Samet I would rather play than this. Previous versions? There are other Samets, yeah. Oh, are there? Not at Planeswalker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So not not a not a big fan. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I've ultimated my planeswalker. I'm gonna get two more planeswalkers. And then they're gonna go to work. Govinbon. <laughs> oh yeah, we could just do our we could hide our horse tribal deck inside our this green, inside this Samet green red shell. Yeah, this is horrible. Okay. Just just thinking about it makes me want to quit playing Magic Together. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. There's still the Scarab God. So we've already talked about uh, the Locust God. This is the Scarab God. Do you know the story or no? You don't know the story? I don't know the story. I'll read the story soon. But I don't know it currently. Um, These are the new... This is American gods, right? It's just American gods. There's these old gods. They're getting killed. And then there's these new gods. Thanks for spoiling American gods for me. (laughs) Uh, The Scarab God. 3-U-B. Legendary creature god. It's a 5-5. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses X life, and you scry X, where X is the number of zombies you control. Um, He's not even a zombie. He's not even a zombie. He's just a god. But, and then his ability is 2UB, exile target creature card from a graveyard, create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a 4-4 black zombie. And then when the Scarab God dies, return it to the to its owner's hand at the beginning of the I next I think it's pretty clunky compared to the other Grixis gods. Yeah? Yeah. I don't really want to play this card. Okay. A 5-5 five, five for 5 is, I guess, alright. Like, so much mana investment before it does anything. Eh. I mean, eh? it's, like, hard to kill. Okay. How about the Scorpion God? Now this is a god. 3-B-R. Legendary Creature God. It's a 6-5. Whenever a creature with a plus one, plus one counter on it dies, draw a card. Uh, one BR, put a minus one, minus one counter on another target creature. And then when the Scorpion God dies, return it to its owner's hand. I mean, this is like a double stuff. double action machine gun. Just killing small creatures, drawing cards. Yeah. I think this card is powerful. Yeah. Also, it's good at winning fights, right? Sure. Because you can make things smaller. Uh, I think, like... If you compare these two cards, Scarab God and Scorpion God, if somebody lets you untap with Scorpion God, you will probably destroy them. If they yes. like let you untap with a Scarab God, like there's like all kinds of conditions about how much fuel you have, for example, for its zombifying ability. And still, like, what's the payoff? I might scry. Like, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> okay. Uh, unraveling Mummy. One white black for a zombie. It's a two three. And it has two abilities. One, it's like a, kind of like a what you call it from uh, Ravnica Block. The cards had two abilities. One W Guild, 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 Mage. Guild Mages. Thank you. One W target attacking zombie gains life link until end of turn, and then one B target attacking zombie gets death touch until end of turn. The fact that it costs three and its activation on its abilities are cost two. It's unlikely to be any kind of a constructed impact card. Let's save split for a future episode. Okay, we'll save we'll save split for um for so we've done woo. We'll save it for the for black red cards. or black. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, what so what what gold card or uh, blue card are you most I'm, excited about? Nickel Bolas is the it's 
it's something else. I think that card is really, really powerful. Makes me want to play seven casting cost cards. <laughs> uh, what blue cards? Um, I think that the interplay of the three casting cost counterspells is going to be something to think about. I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the nimble obstructionist. It's cool. I think that card's pretty sweet. I, I like the. I really like that scenario that we talked about where you're just playing a control deck. Yep. And, you know, you just get to pick your spot with it. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, I'm going to counter this thing that's going to affect me uh, and draw a card. Or I'm going to uh, just put this thing into play and peck you to death with it over a couple of turns. And you could get an advantage or not. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like that card. Um, for, for gold cards, I, I kind of like... The Hoopo is really good. Yeah, I kind of like the hoopoo. <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta. The hoopoo is gonna make games difficult. Like, if you, you could easily be in this situation where, like, you're playing bank control or something, and you might have some creature removal, but it all costs six. And you know what? Though I really want this red white exert deck to work. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the resolute survivors as a card that just that is a that is a poor choice. It but... is a terrible choice, and this deck is not good. And I just keep putting more bad cards into it, but I just want to do it. Well, see or she can't be bad <laughs> all right all right so so that's uh our first uh two parts for hours and hours of devastation they, they don't know that it's our first two parts they, they to them it's our only our first one part two parts it's our first two parts it's our second day yeah all right what you said what brian said yeah for hours and hours of devastation hours and hours of devastation that's our preview so, probably everybody's name for their preview yeah. show i don't know you invented it as the Pro Tour historian, <laughs> I believe that you have primacy here. All right. So, and then uh, you and I will, maybe we'll try to finish this Saturday oh, after Mike actually pre-releases and might have some opinions about limited cards. Interesting. We could potentially do that. Um, this is what you should do, listeners in Canada, or in non-Canadian places, in the unlikely case that you're not in Canada. Um, if you liked our podcast, which... At this point, if you're still listening, oh, I assume that you must like our podcast. Yeah. Like, subscribe, and then also, like, go on, on iTunes and, like, give it, like, a five-star rating and, like, a great We had that review. one awesome review. That yeah, was great. So I mean, I don't, we may have other reviews, Maybe but that, we, yeah, but that so, one is great. But you should do that, and the reason that you should do that is because I asked you nicely, and if you don't like our podcast, just curse curse me out on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, it, it'll, it'll be drowned out by the many curses out that I get on Twitter <laughs> on a daily basis. Just comes to the territory. All right. And then uh, hopefully uh, if you're in New York, see you at the Complete Strategist on Saturday. If you can time travel backwards, because this probably won't be up before the pre-release. Agreed. uh, And yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, playing with some of these new cards. Brian David Marshall, Michael J. Flores. This has been Top 8 Magic. Bye-bye.